tell the world about yourself. Yeah, so um, my name is Niall, serious creator. Um, Niall, like the river, serious like the star and creator um, because I like to imagine things and then work to create them here in the physical realm. Um, I am a millennial and um, I'm born and raised in the Midwest and I'm a composer and alto sax player. Um, I also like to cook and do a lot of uh, different things with design, but right now my main focus is just music. Yeah. Okay. How do you define yourself as an artist? Well, let's see. I would say I'm always working to express my emotions at the present moment. Um, but I like to view everything, uh, through a certain lens like I like things to be beautiful in life Mm. you know I always try to find the good in people or things find a good reason um, why something is happening Um, so as an artist I'm just trying to express my emotions in a in a beautiful way Um, and you know things change people change I change we go through different phases so I can't say that I will always be like this Mm. but this is where I'm at right now Okay. okay. Uh, what are your first memories uh, of music in your life and during your childhood? Yeah, so that's a, that's a fun question to answer, actually. Uh, so I can remember I was very small. I was actually in preschool. And um, every day I would look forward to my mom picking me up from preschool because I knew we were going to go home and she was going to make me oatmeal. And... I knew she was going to put the cartoons on. So, number one, the cartoons had great music. Um, That's back in the late 80s, early 90s. But the main reason was because I knew she was going to go in the kitchen and cook dinner for the family. And she was going to play the Anita Baker album. And, you know, I'm so small, but I was really impressed by the music, the background music, the band. And I, I just remember every single song rapture of love um you give me joy um it's it was like candy for me like even as a small child i would rather have music than a piece of candy that's how much i love music so that's my earliest memory of music and then during my childhood music was just on every single day you know that's one of the good memories i have from my childhood um my parents loved music um, and they, they taught us about it. Like, as a kid, I remember us having um, this big stereo in the, in the family room. Mm-hmm. And um, a, a couple CDs really stand out to me. Um, I know we had, like, a eight-CD set of Motown classics. So we were listening to, like, Smokey Robinson, mm-hmm. Temptations. The good stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, Diana Ross. Jackson 5, I mean, I could go on and on and on. Uh, we listened to Parliament Funkadelic. Cannot forget that stuff. And you know, as a kid, you laugh at it, but it's actually really good. Uh, listened to a lot of Whitney Houston, Preacher's Wife. Oh, my God, we listened to that all the time. Um, Aretha Franklin, and I love Aretha Franklin, but she was always on. Otis Redding, The Gap Band, The Commodores. Um, 
Eric Clapton, um, just a lot of funk, soul, and gospel too. Yeah, my mom would play a lot of gospel. Um, so yeah, that was my childhood with music. That's really interesting. And uh, and when did you start playing instruments and composing? Yeah, so that's another story. <laughs> and it seems so long ago, but it's still very vivid in my mind. Um, I can remember being about six or seven years old, and my older sister, she was probably just starting middle school. Um, and I remember she came home from school one day, and she was so excited. She had taken a piano class. And, you know, my older sister, she's like a, like a mother hen. She's like, she's got a teacher inside of her. And um, we had a toy room. Um, and we would go in there and we would tear it up. It was horrible what we were doing that toy room. But it was full of toys. And I'm so thankful we had it because we had a lot of good memories in there. But we had this very small piano. And it was vintage. It was even old for the time that we had it. But it was, it looked like a real piano. And it had like real ivory keys it it was built like a real piano um and my sister came in after school that day and um she took a piece of tape and she ran it across the keyboard and she wrote the names of the notes on the on the the piano Mm -hmm. and she was just like i'm going to show you how to play this song called heart and soul and i'm just like okay you know you know how little kids do with their older siblings like She was my hero. Of course, show me the song. Right, I right. trust you. So um, she she showed me really slowly how to play the left hand. And so I played the left hand, and she played the right hand. And she said, good job. And she said, okay, now I'm going to show you the right hand. So she showed me the right hand. She played the left hand. And then she left. And I think maybe within an hour, I was playing both hands by myself. Yeah, and she was really surprised, like, how did you do that? You know, I've been in school studying this, and you just figured it out. I don't know, but I think there's a lot to be said about what um, is like a a passion for somebody. Mm-hmm. You will quickly kind of learn it because you really enjoy doing it. Mm. Yeah. So after I had learned how to play Heart and Soul on the piano, I think a couple months later I wrote two songs and these would be my very first compositions. Um, But the first song I wrote, it was called Big Heart Love. And it was a rock song. And, um, you know, even though my parents did not play rock music at all, I can remember so many good rock songs in the cartoons in the 80s, like Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I used to love to watch Jim, um, Darkwing Duck, Mm-hmm. Um, they're just a, a lot of good music at that time. So I wrote Big Heart Love, and I can even sing a little bit of it right now because I'll never forget it. <laughs> um, but it would go Big Heart Love, na 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 na. Big Heart Love, na 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 na. Um, and I had this plastic guitar I would carry around. I couldn't play that thing. I probably <laughs> had one string on it by the time we were done mangling it up. Um, but it had lyrics to it too, which really surprised me because I really don't write lyrics anymore. But I think I think the the rap went, woke up Sunday morning, looked around, no one's seeing me, I'm going downstairs. Soon as I notice I'm home alone and I scream and I scream and I scream, let's go, big heart love. But I would, I would get up every day and sing that to my little brother and sister and get them going and we'd have a blast. <laughs> and my other song, came a little later it was called your keys are my keys 
and I wrote this about a, a wooden keychain with a yellow flower on it. Um, and it had a key on it, and I got it from my grandmother. Um, and it was a ballad, and it was really pretty. I mean, I can even remember my little sister riding her bike with me, and she would sing it. But it would go, your keys are my keys, and my keys are your keys. <laughs> so, yeah, th- those were my first uh, hits on the block. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, after that, I played violin in the fourth grade. I was not very good. Didn't really care for it, but I still do appreciate strings, you know. And then I finally got the chance to join the band in fifth grade. And I originally wanted to be a drummer. Mm. Most parents will not allow their kids to have a drum set, and I was one of them. And then um, I wanted to play sax, but that wasn't going to happen either. Um, And the only other instrument I could actually get a sound out of was the trombone. And I did not really like it, but I played it, and I paid attention, and I I did learn a lot of basics about being in a band. Um, And it probably wasn't until eighth grade, and this was towards the end of the eighth grade, that I finally got my hands on a sax. And it's only because the tenor sax player in the middle school band, he kind of unexpectedly moved. And um, the band director just came to me. He was like, would you like to fill this spot? In my mind, I'm thinking, hell yeah, I want to I want to fill this spot. I've been waiting for this my whole life. And he had a brand new tenor sax that the school owned that he let me use. And I'm so thankful for that because if I never had the opportunity, I never would have played sax. And as soon as I got that saxophone, I went home that same day. I'll never forget. Took it straight up to my room and just turned the radio on to like the smooth jazz station at that time. And whatever I was hearing, I just wanted to play it, play it, play it. Wow. Yep. So how, how many instruments have you played over the years? Um, so I, I played the ones I talked about. I've also played um, mellophone, like in a marching band. Mm. Um, I have played, um, what do you call that, like the xylophone, like, uh, like pit percussion in a marching band. Okay. Um, let's see. I can kind of play anything. Like, I play clarinet, flute. Mm. Um, but I would say at this point in my life, you know, I don't really have an interest in doubling or playing multiple instruments, unless it's needed maybe for a recording. Mm. I just like to focus on the sax. Yeah. So how did, how did you learn how to play music? Well, let's see. Um, I have to give a lot of credit to the uh, public uh, schools, to, to the district that I grew up in Um, they had a great music education program um, when I was growing up and it and it was good because it's like they were well connected um, from like the elementary to the middle school to the high school and every year what you learn built built on top of what you had already learned so I got a good basic music education um, through my school and also I would say you know my school stressed a lot of like reading music and also um scales and etudes things like that it was great um they had a lot of uh opportunities to perform in the band once you got into high school like they really did a good job getting us out into the community and i really um appreciate that you know different festivals and different events um that helped me even to this day um but outside of that i would say a lot of 
what I play now, um, I taught I taught myself. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have a teacher in the beginning, um, and I was starting to play the sax kind of late compared to a lot of the other students in the band. So um, I would literally just sit in my room every single day from the time I woke up to the time I had to go to bed and work on my saxophone. Um, and I have to give credit to my mother who noticed I had this great passion for jazz. Um, and she kind of discovered this be- because she would find me um, in the living room by myself every day watching Lawrence Welk. And I don't know if you know that show, but it's an older older show, okay. like black and white show. Um, and they would always have like big bands on and they would play standards most of the time people be on there dancing you know they have different guest stars but she just said she could not understand why i would want to watch lawrence welk when i could be outside playing with the other kids and i just Mm -hmm. said mom i really like this music i don't get to hear it all the time so my mother brought home this history of jazz um cd set and i i don't know what made me do this but i just thought in my mind I'm going to teach myself how to play jazz music because it's so pretty and I like the sound so I started with CD1 and I think between the summer of 8th and ninth grade I, I probably played through four of those entire CDs but what I would do is take take a CD so like for example I, I remember starting with New Orleans jazz mm. and I, I vividly remember a lot of the Louis Armstrong songs that I started playing so, like, for example, there would be, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like, Hello, Dolly. Mm. So it would be, like, Hello, Dolly. This is Louis Dolly. I would sit there and learn that on my sax, play, like, 20 seconds, stop, repeat it, keep repeating. And I would just keep repeating everything until I uh, had it down, and I would go further into the song. Mm. And I would learn one instrument that way. And then I would go back. Now I'm going to learn the bass line. Then I would go back. How's the solo sound? I'm going to play the solo. And I was really giving myself ear training and also just um, learning a lot about the vocabulary of jazz. Mm. Um, and I didn't sound good. I think, I think my family probably thought there was something wrong with me because, I mean, I probably sound like a squeaking duck. It was really bad. Um, but I kept practicing. Um, I would play a lot of smooth jazz. <laughs> But I, I kept going through the, the CDs, and I think I ended with, like, um, maybe right before bebop. I just never had a, a great interest in playing bebop. And I would still say I'm kind of that way today. I respect it, and I respect the people that can play it. But for me, I think I like to play um, music with the intention of, like, keeping it simple um easy to understand and um i think i really care about the tone of my horn a lot mm. and I'm, I'm not so focused on um like really advanced theoretical uh patterns and scales at least at this time yeah mm. okay uh so who are some of your favorite saxophone players sonny rollins cannonball adderley Love, love, love Paul Desmond for his sound. Um, love Stan Getz for his sound. Uh, Stan Getz is just amazing. Um, and I think now, I 
I don't really know that I listen to a lot of alto horn players, to be honest with you, mm. because I find that what what I'm looking for right now um, in music is not just limited to the alto sax. I find that I have the ability to take sounds I hear from other instruments or maybe vocalists and bring that to the to my music on my horn. Okay. But I would say all-time favorite Stan Getz and Cannonball Adderley for sure. Mm. Yeah. Good, good picks. Yeah. Um so how do you how do you overall approach your horn playing? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um I think for me right now, I've noticed that I tend to approach it more from a vocalist standpoint, if that makes any sense to you. Okay. I I know that while I have this interest and background in jazz, I have found myself over the last few years listening to more vocalists than anything. Mm. And I really find that it feels good to to play my horn like I'm singing singing a song through it. Mm. Um, more specifically, I would say I have been listening to a lot of female vocalists, to be honest with you, mm. just because I have found that they are able to tap into a level of like drama and emotion that I don't hear anyone else doing. And it's beautiful when they do it. It's like they're letting it all out. And f- for me as, as a musician, as an artist, you know, I'm sensitive. Mm. I am very emotional. I don't always show it, but I always feel very deeply. So when I'm playing, I, I probably am going to be doing a lot of like bending, scooping, different things uh, with my breath to kind of imitate a voice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to keep, um, even when I'm recording, I like to keep the tones on the high end of things. Um, cause I like the sound of it. I like bright, beautiful sounds. Always, always, always. Yeah. It's mm, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, did you study music in college? <laughs> no, I did not actually. No, I did not. And I think a lot of people thought I would. I thought I would too, but it didn't go that way. Um, I actually studied history um, and then I went back to school and I studied um, education, educational leadership. Um, and I'm kind of happy I did, to be honest with you, just because when I came out of high school, I think I was really burnt out with music just because I think when you're when you're in high school and you have a talent, sometimes I think it can be exploited or you can turn maybe into a small town like celebrity and you feel all the pressure that maybe an adult would feel Mm. who's out there really uh, turning heads in whatever you do. And I was so burnt out. And I just remember taking gen eds my first semester of college. And I ended up taking this African history class. And I don't even think I was supposed to be in that class to be honest with you. I don't even know what was going on. You know, I'm a first generation college graduate. Um, So I had a lot to learn. It was overwhelming, to be honest with you. But when I took that class, um, by like the second lecture, I was just hooked on history. Um, I had learned so much 
about why the world is the way it is and it helped me understand myself and other people um, and I'm, I'm thankful I had the opportunity because I think I ended up specializing in um, African, African American history and that's something that I wish I had learned so much sooner and I think it is uh, very much needed out here today um, not just for people of African descent but everybody to just kind of understand the the, the entire um, story of a people. A in addition to everyone else's history, I think everybody should know everyone's history. It would make such a difference in what's going on out, out here in society today, and it would help people understand each other. Mm. And then I studied um, education for my master's uh, because I like to teach people things, and I, I think that when, when you're not learning, you know, you kind of start to decline and the world changes every day. So I think that for me, you know, I try to learn something new every day and I like to help people learn because it's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving. Um, and ultimately you help people survive. You help make the world a better place. And that's what I'm all about. You know, I want to see people do the best that they can mm -hmm. and give them the tools to do that. Yeah. That's very interesting. Uh, can you talk some about the equipment you use? Yeah, so um, I'm not sure what people at home who've listened to me play think I use, but I'm very basic when it comes to uh, saxophone equipment. Um, I don't really believe in spending a lot of money uh, on a horn, and I didn't always think that way. I have had uh, really nice horns in the past. Um but right now, I literally use a horn that I purchased uh, online um, from a major retailer in the U.S. I'm not going to say the name. Um, but I can tell you I probably spent under $300 on it. Mm. But I love it. I have never had a horn that is lightweight, that is easy to blow. Um, the keys feel great under my fingers. And I like the way it looks. Um, it's it's a great horn to me. It's called a Laid. I think it's called a Laid. That's the brand. Um, and then my mouthpiece is uh, Brillhart, and I, I believe Charlie Parker used to play on Brillharts. Mm. Um, just old fashioned Brillhart, nothing special. And then I use um, typical orange box Rico Reed, just like I was in school. Uh, I can't say that I'm going to be using this setup forever, but it's getting the job done right now. Yeah. So I, I heard you just released a few singles. Uh, I was hoping you could speak a little about how you composed it and the idea behind it. Yeah, no problem. Um, so yeah, I just uh, released two singles. Uh, first one is called Cosmic Recalibration. Um, and that's what I'm going to actually play for you right now. And I'm going to speak a little bit about it as it plays. Um, but before I start it, I would just say that this song is about change. You know, when you recalibrate something, you change it to uh, create a new normal within the instrument. If you want to call whatever you're changing an instrument. Um, and if you actually listen to the song, it starts and stops three times. Um, until it gets to the end and um, it's kind of like 
in the beginning it's full of suspense and at the end it's just beautiful and i think that's just kind of how life works you know we have a series of changes we go through all the time even just like a decision it's a change that's why you have to think about it um and and there's a whole process that goes into change um and for me i like to think that every change can be beautiful whether we realize it or not so um this is cosmic recalibration i actually wrote this at the public library uh on their free community piano and um I never imagined I would have recorded it, but so many people kept coming by telling me how good it sounded, um, and I'm so thankful that I did. So this is Cosmic Recalibration, and I'm, I'm going to just uh, pause it a few times throughout the song, um, but I kind of want you to know what, what I'm thinking. Um, but this literally just came from my soul. One day I was very um, depressed. I was going through a lot of changes in my life, um, and it just came out. There was no, like, thinking about the theory to it. I know that I only played the <laughs> the white keys. Um, and there's a reason for that. We'll get into that a little later. But I wanted to keep it simple. So here's Cosmic Recalibration. So that part, I'm just trying to like build build suspense. That's it. And really, the suspense is like in your mind um, when you get the inkling that you need to make a, a decision. So yeah, what you just heard was like the drums, the bass, and really the idea for the drums and bass here is to like keep time, to be like a, a master clock, even like a master clock in your in your life. And um, the piano is just kind of filling in the blanks, but it, um, as you notice with the piano, it doesn't move very much because when you're making a decision, it's kind of like, um, maybe like a, think of like a metronome that's just like teetering back and forth. And maybe it's not moving very much right now. We don't, we're not making, we're not 100% sure about the decision. We're not, we're not sure if we're going to go completely left or completely right yet. We're, we're entertaining ideas. So um, the next section, you'll hear the saxophone come in. And now that I've written this, I realize I was really trying to have a conversation in my head on the saxophone. Mm. So like you'll hear in the beginning, I'll play a, a phrase and then it'll go up and down and it's really just me thinking well what if, what if this worked what if what if i did it this way oh maybe that would be funny or maybe this would be a problem and then by the end of the sax solo it kind of resolves itself it's like i've made a decision so i hope you can hear that um when you hear the sax so i'm about to play that now
And one thing I wanted to add too is the song. Um, I think I think twice in the song it, it stops, complete silence. And um, number one, I think it gives the song a good feel. I don't hear very many people that use silence anymore. And um, number two, it's it's like when you make a decision, sometimes you have to stop. Sometimes the process stops while you're changing or you're growing. Um, and it's okay. It's just part of the process, you know. And then here, we're going to the end of the song. Um, great trumpet player had come to the studio. Uh, very rich sound. I'm very thankful. Had the chance to work with him. Um, he's going to join me uh, kind of on some horn lines. And in my mind, you know, I think it's like you're upper body or your higher self joining your lower self so really like your brain joining your feet moving forward as you're making a change in your life like a total body decision it's not just in your head anymore um, so i'll play that part and then um you'll hear the ending it gets quiet and then the last uh chord it's supposed to be like a deep breath you take because you you finished it you know you finally changed and it's beautiful Thank you. Uh, so I, I heard you stopped playing music after high school for uh, over a decade. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> yeah, no problem. What happened? Yeah. Um, so I, like I said, I had stopped playing music um, just because I needed a break. But um, also, I got really sick. Yeah, I was very young in my early 20s. And um, my health started to decline um, out of the blue. Nobody knew where this was coming from. Hell, I didn't know. You know, I was very confused. Um, and it really destroyed my life. I think music was probably the last thing on my mind, uh, given what I was going through. Um, and what made it worse is that I was misdiagnosed for five years, um, given medications I never needed that actually made my health worse. Um, and you know, I think for me, I think the worst part about all of this is that I, I understand now that when a person is sick for that long, a lot of times the people around you stop believing that you're sick. They think you just like want attention, um, that you're making it up, that you don't want to go to work. And that, that couldn't have been further from the truth. You know, I just wanted to get better. Um, but a lot of people that I considered friends and family at the time, they just left me alone, you know. It was bad enough that the doctors weren't listening to me or helping me. 
but um, not having my my family and friends there, it um, it hurt a lot, you know. Um, and I was very sick, and um, it has changed me forever. But I'm so thankful um, that uh, with the help of my ex-wife, we eventually figured out what was going on with me. Um, and literally within a couple months of finding the right doctors, I started to get better. And all of those people um, that I used to consider friends and family, when they actually saw me again, it was kind of like they, they thought they saw a ghost. <laughs> because I think everybody thought I was going to die. Um, but it has taken me about almost five years to get my strength back, to heal from what I went through. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to go into like great detail, but just to give you an idea of how bad it was, um, I was losing my ability to walk. Um, I had lost most of my memory. Um, I had temporary blindness in there for a short period of time. That was very scary. Um, I was having trouble walking and um, holding things. Um, I had gained so much weight so quickly that I, I didn't have a neck anymore. I was so obese. Um, and I had, I had so much trouble sleeping. Like I, I was stuttering. I would talk a thousand miles a minute. Um, I was just not myself and I, and I was very, very, very depressed, depressed just because I, I had kind of given up hope for a future for myself. But, um, thankfully all of that is gone. Um, I'm so thankful to be alive today. Um, and... I think music was not my number one um, thing that I wanted to do when I got better. But I realized um, at a certain point that I was still in pain from everything that happened. Um, and I don't know anybody out there listening, if you've ever been sick, you could probably uh, attest to this. But being sick is easy, especially if you're like seriously ill you you literally get in this routine where you come home every day you lay in the bed or on the couch you turn the tv on or you get on the internet and you just eat you're going to be sad you just plan to go to doctor's appointments but you stop worrying about going outside you stop worrying about going to social events so you stop worrying about your clothes mm. you don't worry about your hair you just kind of worry about surviving mm. and you try to entertain yourself in the meantime um but when I got better, I think it was so hard to just get acclimated to society again. And um, I struggled. I struggled because the world changes. Even if you're in the house, things still go on. And you're kind of expected to know these things. Um, and most people are not going to listen to you tell your story. They don't care. They have a story, too. Right. So I just found myself very sad, and I also felt very disheartened um, because a lot of the people that I once spent my time with and depended on for support, um, I felt that I could not trust them anymore because throughout everything I went through, nobody came over to, like I said, to help me when I was sick. And then even as I got better, a lot of these people were angry I got better, I found out. Wow. Um, and that, that was very 
hard for me to accept. So um, it was 2021 when I did pick up a saxophone, actually. Um, and it was very bad. I would pick it up and then I would get so angry because of how bad I sounded. And I'll put it away and then I'll leave it in the case for months. And then I'll get an urge to pick it up again. And um, I would try again and I'll get so angry, put it away, I probably would cry. I was so hurt because before I stopped playing, I had a lot of skills, you know. And I think what changed was um, I made this really good friend. Um, by chance, she she actually grew up a couple uh, communities away from me, um, I think in 2021. And she really encouraged me to play music again. You know, she was one person I could be completely honest with. Um, and she was just like, don't you see yourself? She was like, you're creative person you're an artist like you're not like anybody else you're supposed to be like playing music and and doing all the creative things you like to do so um I think she had a conversation with me one night we were facetiming and um I did have a piano at the time and um I was playing this little uh, piano clip that I um uh, this little piano composition I've been playing for for years, and she was like, "Wow, that's really beautiful," and she was like, "She was like someone like you." I'm I'm sorry. She said, "For you to be able to play something like that, you have such a beautiful soul," and that's where I actually got the idea for my upcoming EP, "My Aesthetic Soul," from her just telling me that, because um nobody had ever told me that, you know. Um, I'm not going to get too much into my past, but I've had a lot of people say a lot of negative things to me over the years. And I actually believed it for a while. But it was like when she said that, it, it really made sense to me. And um, I think the next year, uh, 2022, I started taking the piano a little more seriously. I would go to the library every day and start playing piano. Um, I started getting a lot of... Uh, attention from people walking by and it, it just made me think like maybe I should play sax again because again I still was a little depressed at the beginning of 2022 mm -hmm. and um so in May of 2022 I spent 50 dollars at the local music store and it was just like being a kid again going to the music store to pick out a horn um and I just said I'm, I'm going to try I'm going to at least try to play music again and um, I went to the park to practice. Um, and the first day I went to the park, I took a Bluetooth speaker and I was playing like uh, jazz backing tracks. And I just said in my mind, you know what? I'm just going to play the very first songs I learned how to play when I was a kid. Mm. And um, the first song I, I played, I think, was like Young and Foolish, Old Jazz Standard. Then I think I played um, When I Fall in Love. And then the third song I played was Misty. And mind you, my eyes were closed the entire time I was playing these songs because I was just really trying to focus on playing the right notes. But there must have been something about that song because when I opened my eyes up, so many people had come by my case and put quite a bit of money in my case. And I was really really confused 
I couldn't understand why people were giving me money when I didn't think I sounded good at all. Um, but I kept going back to that park every single day. And um, little by little, my skills were coming back. And um, people started coming up to, to talk to me. And I think that probably was one of the most healing parts of the, that experience was just like all the friendly people that just came and were so kind to me. And that did listen to my story and that did um, let me know that they support me and the people that were just requesting songs. And then I think it was um, it was good for me to see people enjoying the music. Like I saw so many people hug or kiss or dance or take off footage of um the park um and i was healing i was healing as i was playing every single day at the park and um i knew that my skills were really getting good when i would start drawing a large <laughs> crowd <laughs> in the evenings um uh, with no announcement i literally would go out there and there would be nobody in that area of the park I would just sit on the bench, and by the time I finished, I would have at least 30 people around me every night just cheer me on. I mean, I really knew I had it when I had a woman come fan me off at the end of the night because I really tore, tore this jazz song up. So, um, wow. Which song? It was Bewitched. Uh, <laughs> that old song, uh, Bewitched, Bothered and Bewildered. Mm. So pretty, so pretty. And that, that's all I really focused on was play, playing like melody and just trying to play songs that I enjoyed. Um, but in addition to that, I also started busking uh, last summer um, in the area. And um, that really built my confidence up. And it also taught me how to interact with people musically again. Um, I think you got to have kind of thick skin to go out in the streets, to be honest with you, especially in today's day and age, because it's like having a live action comment section in your face. <laughs> so if you're very reactive, I don't suggest it <laughs> at all. But um, I, I would literally go to farmer's markets. That was a good experience. Um, and I would sneak into different festivals, actually. I mean, there would be thousands of people at these places on the weekends. And I, I would have to have a plan. I'd have to have my music lined up. I would make sure I looked nice. My horn would be ready to go before I got there so I didn't have to set up. And then I would just set up my case with my little sign. And then I would just push play on the music. And I would just start in on the songs. And... I even had a festival that could have went really bad, but because the, the people in charge of it saw that the people were in the street dancing, line dancing to the song, they said, okay, we're going to let you play. Um, but I had a great time uh, busking. And um, actually, when the summer came to an end, I just said, this has been like the time of my life and before anything else could go wrong in my life. I wanted to record an album. I just said I may not be as good as I think I should be. I know there's a lot of practicing that I need to do, but I do want to take this moment to record how I sound because people keep telling me that I sound very good. And um, I just know tomorrow is not always promised. You know, you never know what could happen. So I started recording. 
in October of 2022. Well, we're happy to have you back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, so you wanted to play another song? Yeah. Uh, so my second song, uh, my second single that I released, is called Universal Imani. Um, before I get into it, I would like to talk a little bit about it. Um, universal, uh, pertaining to everything in existence. And um, Amani is a Swahili word for the word peace. And I have always liked the word Amani. I think it is so such a beautiful way to say peace. Mm. Um, so I named the song Universal Amani just because I think everything in the universe deserves to have peace. Mm. I can't say I've had very much in my life, but it is a goal for me. And I, I would like everyone else to have it as well. I think it's a great thing. Um, but this is a song I actually composed when I was 18 um, before I stopped playing music. And that's kind of where I was when I stopped playing music. I was tired of playing other people's stuff. <laughs> that that should have been a sign that I was going to be a composer one day. Um, and I wrote this song and it's actually, I think I wrote this with the intention of it being a smooth jazz song um, at the time. And... Um, I'm surprised I still had the the original um, notations of this song. I had put it in this music box, and after all these years, I couldn't believe I still had that one book, and this this composition was stuck in between the pages. And when I found it, I said, I got to record this. But it wasn't actually finished. It was just uh, partially done, so I finished it um, this year. And, and probably a couple of days before I went to the studio, I said... I don't want this to sound like smooth jazz. I want this to be something special for me. This is my moment, you know? And and this is like paying homage to myself. I wrote this so long ago. So I had this idea in my mind. I said, at that time, I used to love to listen to like emo, like pop punk, alternative rock. Like I was a big fan of Paramore. Hell, I still am. I still love Paramore. Fallout Boy. Like... I love that music. And so I said, let's try this in this, uh, when, we're, when we practice to make this into one of those types of songs. And I know it's different because you don't hear a saxophone playing this type of music, but it's something I had to do. Mm. Um, so um, I can't, still can't explain the theory. I, I tend to do a lot of stuff by ear, mm. um, even when I play the piano. But it, it is definitely a rock song, and it's definitely different. So it's, it's pretty repetitive. It, it kind of gives like a maybe movie score vibes in a way, the way it's composed. Um, I can picture somebody driving in a Jeep like in the hills in California um, or like going to the beach. It's just like a feel-good, fun song. Um, and I'm going to play like the solo section as well. Got a chance to work with some great musicians when we laid this song down. 
uh, especially the guitar player. I'm so thankful he was willing to solo on this because I really like what we, we came up with. But um, for the solo section, just uh, took the A section of the song and just kind of changed the style uh, just to cool things down a bit. It's coming up. So that's Universal Money. You want to check it out. Um, along with Cosmic Recalibration, they're both on... Um, where can we Where can we find those? Yeah. Um, Spotify, Apple Music, um, Deezer, Pandora. Um, just kind of streaming everywhere. YouTube. Okay. Uh, my website, you can purchase it. Uh, that's www.nileseriouscreator.com. I'd uh, love to have you visit. Wonderful. Yeah, run the traffic up a little bit. Really appreciate it. What are your favorite genres of music? Slash a couple artists from those genres. Yeah, so, um, of course I like jazz, uh, rap, a lot of soul music, soundtracks, um, let's see, blues, um, hip-hop, pop, and definitely R&B. If I had to go back, like, with the R&B, my my very favorite r&b is like 90s r&b um i i know like even when i'm very old if i have to go to a nursing home i will ask them to play 90s r&b like um like kelly price Mm -hmm. soul of a woman album it's like gold in my mind like every single day i could listen to that album i love to hear her voice and how she just expresses so much emotion in every note that she's singing. Um, let's see. Escape. Your Eyes. Um, favorite. One of my fa- very favorite songs. Um, You're My Little Secret. Um, Tevin Campbell, Can We Talk. Um, Brownstone. Uh, Mokin Stuff. Um, who else was out at that time? Lauren Hill, I love Lauren Hill. D'Angelo, um, Erica Badu, 
what she was putting out in the 90s. Okay. I love Erica Badu. Um, Brandy, Tamia, um, Queen Latifah, um, Mary J. Blige. Something about Mary, I just, I love Mary, you know, even when she sings the, the saddest songs. Um, I Sometimes I want to cry with her, you know? It's like, I I like music that I feel like I'm in that moment mm-hmm. with the singer. Um, SWV, Mariah Carey, um, TLC, um, Mint Condition. <laughs> love Mint Condition. Especially that song, uh, Forever in Your Eyes. Love it. Um, Luther Vandross. Um, Jodeci. Forever, my lady. Love it. Um, Casey and JoJo. Quincy Jones. Uh, the Juke Joy album. Um, Aaliyah. Foxy Brown. Um, and then I would say, like, as far as, like, modern R&B... I love, um, who do I like? Uh, her. I like her. Um, Giveon, Sir, um, Jasmine Sullivan. Mm. Mo- most of her new stuff, I love every single song. Mm-hmm. Like, Sit On It. Like, it's a filthy song, but it's very bluesy. Much respect to her for doing that song. Um, let's see who else. Alex Isley, she's out right now. I I don't know how new she is, but I recently discovered her. I'm in love with her voice. I love it. Mm. Um, who else? Let's see. I like John Williams soundtracks. Okay. Um, when it comes to soul, I've been listening to a lot of like James Brown, you know, I had no idea James Brown played the organ, Mm. you know, like he was the real deal. Um, I love Gladys Knight. Okay. Midnight Train to Georgia, uh, Makings of You. Um, also like, like, uh, Dusty Springfield, like just a little loving early in the morning. Um. Of course, Aretha Franklin, Jackson 5. Um, let's see. Marvin Gaye, Enchantment. I love Enchantment. My Rose or Gloria. I love them. Uh, let's see. And I'm looking at my Spotify uh, like songs right now. <laughs> um, I like Donny Hathaway. Um, I love the roots. I, in fact, I kind of love anything that comes out of Philadelphia. I don't know what they study there. I don't know what they listen to. But when I hear a live band out of Philly, I know they're going to put a show on every single time. Mm. And they might play one song, but they have the ability to, to change that song into four different styles by the time the song ends. Wow. And every single time they change it, it gets better and better and better. So much respect to all the musicians in Philly and the teachers because you, you're doing something right out there. Mm, okay. Shout out uh, to Philly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think what I'm listening to, though, like t- today, for example, like the last week, I've been listening to a lot of um, Haley Reinhardt. 
um, and the postmodern jukebox, mm. especially her her cover of Black Hole Sun. Never would have imagined that that song could be turned into like a real jazz tune. Mm. And then on top of that, that she would be able to de- deliver the vocals <laughs> the way she did. I'm just so impressed by her attention to detail um, and how she delivers her vocals and just her whole performance of it. Like, she has a perfect voice for jazz music. And I'm so appreciative that I get to even hear it because I think it's beautiful every time she sings. Mm. Yeah. So name two or three musicians from the past that you would like to perform with, dead or alive, if you got the chance. Yeah, so they wouldn't actually be jazz musicians. Um, I think I would have to say Aretha Franklin and James Brown, the mm-hmm. the the people who have made such an impact. The the original king and queen of soul music. I don't know anybody that could do it the way that they did it. Mm-hmm. It would I would be so honored to be on stage with them. Um, because they're just the best, simply the best, you know, like I love everything that they do. Okay. Okay. And, uh, two or three musicians from, uh, present day. Okay. So I know one group that I really love, I would like to perform with would be Escape. Mm, Okay. Like if we could take the song, Your Eyes, and give me a sax solo, I promise, I promise I'll make it sound good. Mm. I, I, will, I will never forget that moment. Um, and a chance to work work with those ladies is just like, I think I will be in heaven for a minute because their voices are just so beautiful. And then I think the other person I'd like to work with right now, maybe like two other people I'd like to work with, definitely would be Kelly Price okay. because she, again, she's one of my favorites, so much soul. So if you had any advice for the younger saxophone players, uh, what, what would you say? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I would just tell them, always play what you hear. You know, don't don't sit in your room and beat yourself up because you can't play like a very technical piece or anything. You know, like you're just starting. Um, try to just you know just be yourself. Find whatever music you like, whatever's on the radio right now that you like. Play it. It'll make learning your horn so much simpler. And don't stress about having the most expensive horn, um, most expensive mouthpiece. Just work with what you have and spend a lot of time practicing what you like to hear. And over time, you'll be surprised what will come out of your horn because your body, your mind, your heart, your soul is going to sync with your horn and you'll get out of your horn what you want to hear eventually. Mm. Yep. And just just practice a lot, and don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. Okay. But always be honest with yourself about how you sound, and just try to always make sure you sound better every day. You know, challenge yourself to do something a little different the next day. That's all you can do. And don't compare yourself to anybody else. You know, because we all hear musically different. That's what's beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. You have the opportunity to create what you want on your horn. That's really good advice. Uh, I also read on your webpage that you're passionate about a few other topics. Uh, you care to elaborate? Yeah, sure. So I think on my website, talking about um, 
mental health, holistic health, um, human rights, and education. Um, and those four topics are very passionate for me. I mean, I, I could sit here all day and preach <laughs> about these topics, but um, just to go a little more in depth, and um, one of my goals coming into 2023, now that I've just kind of got some music out, is to really start to dedicate my life to these these causes, these these topics that I'm so passionate about. But I think mental health especially is such a huge thing in this country right now. Yeah. Um, you know, we might sit and watch YouTube videos or the news and you see somebody doing something that we would consider kind of foolish um or even something dangerous you know and it's so easy to point the finger at this person and say well you shouldn't have done this but in my mind you know i feel really bad for these people and us as well um because as a country it seems like we're falling apart you know it seems to me it seems like we're losing our minds and people are struggling and you know to me a mind is nothing more than a a um supercomputer really and it's full of files you know the files are made up of your memories your experiences and sometimes the computer can get viruses in it sometimes the files can get corrupt sometimes the computer needs to be cleaned um and i think that there are people out there who are willing and able to help people who are struggling with their mental health um and and it's okay you know i want to help um erase the stigma around mental health Um, when it comes to holistic health I think that that's another topic that makes me sad um, because I think there's so many natural ways to handle different um, ailments or diseases people have in this country that I don't think are tapped into enough um, that are so so much less harsh harsh on the body, um, and I think a lot of people out here, even people with mental health problems, um, to me the root of a lot of it is just like poor nutrition, and we have the power and the knowledge to to teach people, especially children, how to eat healthy, and we can offer them healthy options, you know, mm. and I'm I'm thankful that I've had the opportunity to change my eating habits over the years um, because you're taught th- I'm someone you know when I was younger I didn't want vegetables you know I barely drink water you know so I don't judge anybody but I'm, I'm thankful that I took the time to kind of re-educate myself about food um, and to really learn what it does in your body and I'm thankful that I know what, it, what it's like to feel healthy you know, and not full of foods that contain like chemicals that we don't need. Um, so I just think if if people don't eat right or if they don't um, use herbs, they probably don't feel the best. And I, I just want everyone to feel good. So I'm also very passionate about human rights, and um, I personally cannot stand to see people get mistreated at all. I, I hate it actually. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said in this country about people's right to like food clothing and shelter uh, regardless of what's going on in their life and the difference that can make in their life Um, and the difference it can make in society 
as a whole, you know, if people have at least those three things, they're usually okay <laughs> to a certain extent. Um, and it, I think it can, can contribute to a better uh, quality of life for everybody uh, when we're all taken care of. And also just like um, people's bodies, you know, I feel like it seems like people's bodies are under attack in this country. Um, people should have a right to make their own choices about uh, medical procedures and, and things like that. It's their life, you know. Um, and, I, and I could go on and on about that topic. Um, but I think the last thing I was talking about was education. Uh, that I'm very passionate about education. Um, I'm, I'm very concerned in this country how we, we send our kids off to school, you know, to start kindergarten. And they're so happy. They are so excited to go to school. And I've seen this firsthand by the time they graduate and enter higher education, they seem so confused a lot of them are depressed a lot of them are so stressed out and they they're not really sure who they are or what they should do or how to do it Mm. and they can tell you how to read and how to write and they can do multiplication division you know they know who shakespeare is they know how to use a computer they know how to to type but they don't know who they are and they 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 don't know how to function in society i think that we are failing our children who are the future generation who will take care of us you know one day as we get as we age and i also think that there are problems with with the system and the value we place on teachers you know can you imagine sitting in a classroom full of 30 children all day and you don't get paid anything and you don't even have the freedom to to teach facts sometimes Mm. that you know can help change society and help change the minds of the future generations Mm. can you imagine that we're living it i i think that we could benefit from reforming our education system and i think that if we're not sure where to start let's look at some other places around the world where they are doing a good job educating their 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 students where the students are coming out of school um, with a good sense of self, where the students enjoy school, where the teachers enjoy teaching it, and they're fairly compensated for all the the time and money they've spent getting the education um, and all the time they spend with the children. You know, I think we can do better. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Now, I know you've been busy in the studio lately and uh, you put out a couple of singles. Can you tell me more about uh, your upcoming project? Yeah, sure. So um, I am so happy to finally drop my first um, EP. You know, it's like an album. It's called My Aesthetic Soul. Mm. Um, You can look out for it on March 3rd of this year. So it'll be 3-3-23. Um, and basically it's four different songs in different styles. Um, and I, I wrote these songs. They are all original compositions. They are all jazz influenced songs. Um, but I wrote this album with the intent of kind of paying homage to American styles of music that I have always enjoyed and appreciated. Um, so 
like cosmic recalibration is on this ep um it's kind of like a r&b um jazz type song as you could hear um universal amani that's like your emo um rock song um and then i have two more songs uh, the third song on the ep is going to be called imagination station it's actually like a really pretty lullaby um and then the fourth song is called the celestial jade rose and that is actually a tribute to um doo-wop american doo-wop um and it's a love song but it kind of has like a sad uh feel to it um it's personal so i'm not going to get into it right now but also in between almost every song i have these little like um interludes and skits um it's really creative and um you can actually look forward to hearing my album notes i did something a little different so yeah it's coming out um soon you know march 3rd and i hope you enjoy it i've had a a blast working on it and i'm so thankful that i had a chance to uh work with a great recording engineer um and great so many great musicians so many great musicians i couldn't have done it without them um they really brought their a game and uh, and i'm just thankful that um we were able to achieve what we did because we did it in about let's see four months wow yeah and um i had no idea what i was getting myself into to be honest with you I will never forget when I first walked into that recording studio and I talked to uh, Dan, the recording engineer, and he said, how many songs you want to record? I said, I want to record six. And Dan said, are are you sure you want to record six? I said, yeah, yeah, I want to do six songs. And he said, is this your first time coming in here? I said, yeah. He said, have you ever recorded before? I said, no, not my own stuff. He said, okay, well, I don't think you're going to get six songs. He said, it's going to take a long time. And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, when I play a song, it takes three minutes. Mm. I'm thinking we can knock six songs out in about four hours or a whole day. (laughs) I was very, very wrong. (laughs) I was so wrong. Um, Because a couple of times we had to re-record the entire song because it it was off. But I would definitely say I learned a lot with this first project. Um, and I know how long it takes now uh, to record a song, and I'm thankful that Dan was there because he was very patient, professional with me, and he kind of explained to me how recording works. Mm. So I kind of have a full understanding of the entire process now, and I'm thankful. Yeah. Mm, that's great. We yeah. can't wait to hear the new project. Thank you. Uh, but So what's next for Nile Series Creator? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um definitely going to be working to promote my album um want to start doing more um performances you know um different venues and i'll be sure to post this uh on my website um nilesearscreator.com as soon as i have them lined up um but just really want to get out there start showing my face more um and i would also like to start working on some other creative projects as well but um, really just promote promote my album and uh, just really get to know my fans, get some feedback. 
Um, and I'm also planning to record a couple songs to release this summer and also looking towards the end of the year, uh, maybe a Christmas tune or two uh, to come out. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been great getting to know you. Do you have anything else for the listeners at home? Yeah. Um, I would just always say, please stay hydrated. <laughs> uh, take care of yourself. You know, be kind to yourself. Please, please try to find a way to be kind to your neighbors. Mm. Please always try to put fires out. Don't don't add fuel to the fire, please. Think before you speak. Um, and if you ever feel lost, you know, just, just look up, you know, just look up to the heavens. Thank you. <laughs> Be blessed. <laughs>